She looks familiar. She's the girl on your computer. Yeah, he's got you on his computer. I'm his probation officer. Don't forget that, mate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Character. It's my my uncle. He um he's a pathological liar, and he thought you were someone else. always joined my fellow web slingers chris and dave how are you both good evening folks good evening everyone or all afternoon or morning depending on what time you're listening to this um amazing podcast that we deliver each week each week except when we don't <laughs> except when we miss a month or so we're totally reliable except when we're, we're not <laughs> yes. but ah. hey this is 2020 so anything can happen well, yeah, I am home rather a lot at the moment, to be fair. Aren't we uh, all? <laughs> uh, well, Chris isn't. Chris is working normally. No, you're okay, no. <laughs> uh, and you, you've got a job. You're Chris is going essential. Out to, well, on, you guys on... are essential. Me, not well, so much. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> sort of, in my case, very much in Chris's case. That's um, fine. <laughs> I'm still working from home. So what are, what are we now? We're, for the interests of posterity, we're about four months on from when not lockdown first occurred and we're sort of all back to like food outlets some food outlets are open and cinemas are starting to open and gyms are starting to open some sort of semi-normal yeah. i don't know I, I i feel kind of good about uh, going to the gym it's like i felt like i felt like really sort of weak and like i felt my arms just like oh God, just let my arms go now but since we started gym, oh, no. i start feeling that gym ache where you're like oh yes You've not done it for a while. Well, I haven't started yet because I'm going to use the last month of um, the last sort of month of the summer while I'm still working from home to walk. But obviously, it's not sustainable because in lockdown, I'm not looking for praise for this, but I've lost quite a bit of weight because I wanted to get out just to like protect my mental health. Really, that's the only reason I did it. I wasn't on any kind of mission, but like before long, I was walking like six miles a day and stuff like that. And weight started coming off. It's been a good side and, effect. Um. I started cropping my hair, so I'm no longer like you know fighting the balding. I've just embraced my inner balding and lost about sixty pounds. Um, but I've got to. Um, Looking good. But there's a yeah. I'm going to go to the gym because in the long run, I won't have enough time, and we don't have the weather to walk like two or three hours a day. So I'm leaving it for a minute. But actually, I, I, lockdowns had the opposite effect on me as most people because. I panicked. I thought I'm going to be stuck in by myself. I've yeah, lost I, weight and got short hair. Where I, everybody else has kind of gone the opposite direction. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to handle this, so I need to get out and just move around and get fresh air and stuff like that. And I'm quite near some countryside and things like that. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, there was a spell. I had a week off a couple of weeks ago. In the first three days of the week, I walked 34 miles. Wow. Um, so, but that's not sustainable. You can't do it. As soon as the weather turns, you'll be like, I ain't doing that. You're, so, you're not on this weather, no. So I'm, I am going to go. I've got a, 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 the gym's like a quarter of a mile away from me. It's just around the corner, really. But I'm not going yet. So, yeah. You've gone back, have you, Chris? It's only, they only opened about three days ago, didn't they? Yeah. Um, so I went back. So it, I, I, I don't know. I don't know about everything. Are you gym. with like a chain? Are you with a chain one? Yeah. I kind of like one, one of the chains. I think it's one of the smaller chains, but it's a chain. Um, Think yeah you know, I I don't know I can't speak for the others but they they kind of done it like in in staggered sort of time so you like you you, okay. you, you, you book like you book like your, your time session so it's like only a certain amount of people um, yeah and it's only about fifteen minutes you get or something it's like an hour door to door yeah it's about an hour and fifteen you get uh, right so it's definitely not the chain same chain I'm going but, into then it, yeah. but it, it, it seems to have like two sessions and then like a deep clean afterwards. And they and they encourage like kind of like a one way, you know, just sort yeah. of like you know, all, it's it, it's kind of, it's not a one way, but it's kind of like a priority yeah. one way. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those like yeah, you'll you'll they'll close for like the, they'll close for a significant portion of the middle of the day for like a deep clean. Yeah, and there's yeah. loads of like you know, wipe wipe down wipe down when you you finish using using the spray mm. and things like that. Um, the one I'm going to been... wants, wants you to change at home, which suits me because I live around the corner. I can get out. Now I've got no air to piss around with. I can get out of bed, clean my teeth, throw on gym gear, go around the corner, do it, come back and like shower. Hmm. And in the long run, obviously, it'll all be open again. So be fine. But yeah, that's um. so. Yeah, it's been an interesting time. We we I don't think we've missed a week since lockdown started because we've all been like available. <laughs> <laughs> um, we haven't had anything else, or we, we, we can hardly say we're off to a party or something. No, not going so, out. So yeah, no, I just wanted to mark that. Actually, we're come, we're getting quite late into the series we're on, though. Becca, what are we covering tonight? Tonight it's all about the Amazing Spider-Man. I don't yes, know how many times yes, a, a remake <laughs> that came too soon. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's literally within. What not even ten years, not even ten fifteen years inside you know a reboot, but it's kind of like a, a remake that is also a reboot, and it's then a, in another few years' time you. we'll get another reboot. <laughs> Who's in it, Becca? Before we go any further, because we, we, yes, we, we, we keep forgetting Late. to ask you Great. this stuff. Yeah, we'll get there definitely. Um, yeah, so Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone. Late to great Irfan Khan, much missed. Uh, Reese Fans, Dennis Leary, Sally Field, Martin Sheen, and Stanley, and many more. Fun fact: This is probably my favourite Stanley cameo of the Spider-Man origin movies of all, yeah. all the ones that that I, he's in. Yeah, I actually agree. I think it's probably you know even the actual Marvel Marvel movies included. This is probably the best one. I think. Oh, just the way it's done is it's really the comic timing is fantastic. This is probably I, one of the few. I'm going to see this at the cinema. I remember this is probably one of the few moments where the audience, as a whole, yeah. literally laughed out loud. Age um, of Ultron. And it was hilarious. Age of Ultron was good. And was it the? Oh, Deadpool that was a good one. Yeah. Was it the Deadpool sequel where he's in like a strip club and stuff? Yeah, that's quite hilarious. Like, yeah, I think that's, that's probably this is like my top three. But this it's is probably number one. When you watch this one, it's 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 short. I know they're normally short. But, it, but this it is very tells, short and sharp. No, and but sweet. it just it just tells me what an impact it had because I was waiting for this legendary thing and it was like four or five la, seconds. La, la, la. Yeah, that's it. It's like <laughs> yeah, so literally four or five really seconds worked. on screen. Yeah, we'll get to it. I, I like how the director's name is Mark Webb, so aptly named. Yeah, there was a lot of 
lot of stuff said that at the time, wasn't it? Because he did. Uh, your eyes. Oh. He did. Uh, what's it called? That like uh, about five hundred days of summer. Yep. Yeah. Which I've never actually seen. I still haven't seen that. No, I have seen that film. I'm getting confused with Fifty Fifty. I have seen Five Hundred Days of Summer and didn't like it. That's a um, strange film. I, I didn't like it. I just thought. Is it? Is it? Is it because the the main character's a bit of a whingy git? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a knob. Is it one of those? Is it one of the cases? I don't where... remember it that well. But when it finished, I just remember thinking that was really self indulgent. But if you ask me why, I'm not sure I remember. I just remember thinking, Christ, that was self-indulgent. That was I... that film was really up itself. Um, but he also uh, directed. Uh, oh no, what else? No, I was th- I was getting mixed up with something else there. Yeah, no, that's just te- that's television. He's done. Sorry, he hasn't done that. Yeah, he's done quite, quite quite a lot of things. Done like a lot of music videos. Um, yeah, a lot of TV. Um, a few you know big well-known films definitely. But I think. This is it's just like very much in his like music video style. It's kind of very chop. Not, I was gonna say choppy, but I don't mean that in a bad way. It just means you know that the edits have come thick and fast, as you would expect in a music video. So this is probably like the music video Spider Man that, that I would dub it. Okay. Um, I, I just got that very um, kind of choppy style to it. But I was really it, interested to see the writing team on it because you got Alvin Sar- Sargent, who's passed away now, mm. but he wrote on the Raimi trilogy. Um, yeah, he's and- back again. Before that, there's there's a mixed bag of different things, including Ordinary People, which did very well, of course. Um, it's one of those, like, poster boys for, like, the wrong film winning the Oscar, but the fact is it's still an Oscar-winning winning film, Ordinary People, uh, Paper Moon and some other things. But then you, you go to um, Steve Cloves and James Vanderbilt, and, and, like, if I take James Vanderbilt first, what a mixed bag. Stuff he wrote on, like, Basic, which was a very... Basic, basic film, yeah, <laughs> yeah, basic. It, it it was only it only made sort of any waves because it reunited Travolta and um, and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Um, but then he wrote Zodiac, and it's like I think that's a great film, and I think it's a great script. Um, but then he wrote White House Down and this, the Rundown and... as well. The, the, the that rock film from a while ago as well. He did which, that. Which one? Uh, the rundown. One? Oh, welcome to the jungle. It's called over here. Uh, oh, welcome to the jungle. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's listed as the rundown there, but I, I do remember mm-hmm. that got renamed. Yeah. And he's done uh, Independence Day two and the Meg. So he's all over the place. Uh, you, you just don't know if his name is like a sign, going to be a sign of quality <laughs> or not. Um, and then Steve Cloves. Well. He first made his name writing and directing the fabulous Baker Boys, which is the um, the Bridges Brothers with Michelle Pfeiffer, and I really, really like that film. I haven't seen it in years though, but he wrote on Wonder Boys, which we referred to uh, in the first Spider-Man episode because that was the first thing I ever saw Tobey Maguire in, and it's a really good film. And he's adapted, um, well, all of the Harry Potter films. Basically, he wrote all of those. Um, he's just been a sort of producer on the ones that have followed, but he's yeah, so quite quite a decent writing team, but with just enough duds in there to keep you on your toes. And then you've got a James Horner score. We sadly lost James Horner. Now, for those of you listening who can't remember, it, Horner wrote on everything. He pretty much did everything, didn't but, he? Um, we we talked about him on uh, Star Trek 2 and 3 because he wrote the scores for them when he was really quite young. 
Um, he he worked with James Cameron a lot, so he did the score to Aliens. He did the score to uh, Titanic. 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 He yeah, did, he's done so he, many iconic scores. He, he did Avatar, um, which when you watch it, when you hear music from Avatar, it's more memorable than you think it was. If you know, yeah, it's one of those ones that instantly transports you back, yeah. doesn't it? And it's one of those ones where um, it's, it's like Titanic; it sticks in your mind. So I'm looking at it and I'm thinking we've got a bit of an indie darling with with sort of um, Mark Webb and you've got three writers who whose um, record is laced with quite a bit of quality and you've got a now legendary composer who's passed away and you've got, in my opinion, and we'll talk about the cast as we go through, but we've got a stronger cast, I would say, than in the original iteration of this. And... Yeah, and and even the cinematographer. When you go and look at what he's done, there's there's very few great films in there, but there's a lot of great looking films in there uh, from John Swartzman. If you go and look at his record, um, although there's some infamous things in there like Moonwalker. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, I mean, but, but it looks good for all its flaws. Pearl Harbor was a good looking film. Sea Biscuit was exactly a very yeah, good exactly looking film. Looks beautiful. Um, so, I guess. What I would say is, I, I'm a bit confused by the end result without without gifting away what I think about it already. But well, the first thing I heard was they were they announced Spider Man Four, and it was going to come out in 2011. And I can't remember how long after Spider Man Three they announced that. My feeling is, it might have been 2008 because it was like that's still quite a long way away. I'm sure I remember that. It was going to be Tobey Maguire again. It was going to be the crew we know, but the, he was going to face off, we think, against Vulture. I'm not sure if that was announced or rumour. Um, and then we got a certain bit, bit of time on. I think it might have been 2009. And Raimi departed the project. And he didn't say a lot about it at the time. He, he did later on, but we'll, we'll come into that in all this preamble in a minute. Um but then Sony put out this sort of press release announcing a reboot, The Amazing Spider-Man. I don't think we had any casting details. I'm not sure we had a director. But the, the gist of the press release said, Spider-Man is going back to school. And I just and, and the rumours were they wanted to make, and this is ludicrous when you think back on it, they wanted to make a Spider-Man film for about $80 million. What? Which is just Shocker. well, they didn't. They made this for about two hundred, but it's still like about a hundred down from the last one. Budget um, And when you think you've still got to fund, you know, Martin Sheen and and stuff like that, people who come with a salary, most people in this are names. I I just I don't know what they were thinking, and it it just seems so cynical. It was like I think they had to release a Spider-Man film within five years to keep the license, and of course. 2012 is five years on from Spider-Man 3. So it just seemed this cynical, let's just shove a Spider-Man film out. And it was only as they started casting and getting people involved. Seemed that, like quantity over, that they, over quality. Yeah, they started then. There was, there was some give on the budget. And what, what are your memories of sort of the, the sort of lead into this, guys? Um, well, by the sounds of it, it sounds like the initial idea was to do like a bit more of a, a smaller 
in India, say in quotation marks, take on Spider-Man just to get a film out. But obviously, you know, stu- when studios do their thing, they uh, they just sort of it just that that budget sort of just slowly builds up. And, and and typically, what happens is you usually end up with pretty much the you know the, the exactly thing you, that you know, you, the artists tend not to do. It's just like well, it's just a it, mm. it's just a big blockbuster with 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 lot with lots of like ideas and 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 thoughts, but you know, not really developed enough to come to anything. Um, but at the time, it, it was a bit weird because I remember sort of because I'm, I'm a bit fuzzy on 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 the dates, but I remember like still talking about uh, you know Raymond and uh, Tobey Maguire coming back, and I suppose in relative terms, it wasn't that long ago since Spider Man Three, but my memory, my recollection at the time, it seemed like it felt like that was ages ago. Like I just think just felt like. It, it, it's done now, Do, you know. I, and I think I think maybe that's probably because the the comic book movie landscape changed. You know, you had the Dark Knight. You know, you had Iron Man now, and you know, you had like I think the Marvel films were just sort of kicking up. Uh, incidentally, this came out the same year as the first Avengers film. So yeah, it's a, it's a it's a month or two afterwards. Yeah. So there was about like, two months after it would have launched in this country. Yeah. So yeah, the, 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 the idea that Marvel, like you know, you knew what Marvel were doing. And it just seemed a bit like you know a Maguire, uh, a Raimi Maguire film just felt a bit pastiche by that point, and a bit and a bit like well, you you, you kind of you, you kind of out 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 of your time now. It's yeah. it's it, it felt like too long. It's like it's, there's no point. There's no appetite for it. Um, so that idea just felt. Andy a was bit... starting to Andy was starting to knock on a bit because I mean the character was still sort of hanging around in college and the actor was pushing forty and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just yeah, it's just the point, m- doesn't move on. Um, and I I also I'm always wary of the sort of I suppose apology would be the wrong word for it in the context I'm about to say, but it's a bit like I mean they can work where you do a film to sort of make up for a previous one. I, I mean for your eyes only springs to mind that everyone went that was a bit far, wasn't it? <laughs> With Moonraker, and even Roger sort of reined it in a bit, and they made a very good film, in my opinion. You could argue the same for Casino Royale, but that is a reboot. That's moving on. That's more like this. Um, I, I, I was a bit wary that if, if Raimi couldn't nail the third film, what made us think he'd nail the fourth? Mm. Um, so I was quite happy when they moved on. But I was nervy that it was a film without a vision. What it reminds me most of is when they first announced Batman vs Superman, Dawn of Justice, in that they announced that before they had any conception of what Batman was going to be. He vaguely knew there was going to be an influence from The Dark Knight Returns in there, but if... If you know your comic books even a bit, and I only do a bit, there's so many bloody different stories that are uh, influencing that, that it's actually a bit of a mess. If they just done The Dark Knight Returns, you go, well, fair enough. But anyway, the point is, I'm, I'm not here to rag on Zack Snyder, but what I'm saying is they said they decided they were going to do, and then there were rumours about them uh, going back and offering it to Bale. Then there was talk of it being uh, the John Blake character, and there were fairly well-sourced discussions within the studio and then it was like no no it's going to be a fresh universe and and it was just like 
you've you're more in you're announcing the concept not not an actual project at this stage but then they started casting it I, I couldn't speak for Mark Webb at this time and, and actually 500 Days of Summer tells you nothing about what this film's going to be really in terms of look anyway because this is this you know, is they're so two very different films yeah, um, yeah, certainly in terms of the looks. Putting a love story at the centre of it, but you you might expect that from a Spider-Man film. Anyway. I'm sure, no, definitely. Uh, but then Andrew Garfield turned up at um, Comic Con. He turned up in a homemade uh, Spider-Man outfit. In the audience, audience. went wild. Got up to ask a question, not re- and then revealed it was him because <laughs> uh, he was brought out on stage and it was announced and all the rest of it and uh, Emma Stone's always interested me as, as like a screen presence I think she's great and then they said Risa fans and I thought that could be interesting and quirky and then they thought Dennis Leary as like a police <laughs> captain I thought that was kind of interesting that was a bit left field um, Martin Sheen and Sally Field if you'd like to bang Sally for <laughs> anyway. um, so there was, of, there was loads of like there was loads of like interesting casting choices so I, I went in with quite an open mind I saw the only worry I had is some set photos came out and they are the most basic set photos and you know what it's like where you see like somebody in a comic book type outfit or any kind of film outfit and and without the context of its proper lighting sometimes it can look a bit naff but he was in this kind of rubbery outfit which was clearly a darker color palette and i have a feeling in these photos i may have misremembered this but i've got a feeling we could see blood or bruising on him and i thought oh fuck they're trying to like ape the dark knight and, and the thing is that's fine in late 2011 when these photos are leaking but it was already pushing towards marvel and by the time this film came out the Avengers had come out two months before and suddenly we were into really colourful comic book films. And suddenly this felt totally out of its time. You're trying to ape The Dark Knight just as it's lost the zeitgeist. Yeah, and, and the thing, The Dark Knight doesn't really suit Spider-Man either. No, it needs to be bright and, and vivid. And yeah. Obviously, Dark Knight's kind of very, very mean, very moody, um, very muted colour palette. Well, there's a part of me that thinks there's a sense to Spider-Man operating at night because during the days at college and or school or whatever else. But there's also a part of me that thinks most Spider-Man iconography seems to be much brighter than this. This is it, yeah. I mean, you still get a few shots of him like swinging through the city as well, don't you? But also, you mentioned in the previous shows, Dave, as well. It's just, he's, you know, spends a lot of time outside. The costume, or like with his, you know, with his mask off, for example. So I guess we kind of see. So just going off tangent there a little bit, a little bit more of like the human side of it, I guess, like the human cost of what it means to be Spider-Man as well, like impact on like his life and relationships, things like that. So maybe that's why it may may not be as bright. It did, a, or as, it did you know. a couple of things I liked. I, I'm not. Sure it still, how, it still looks good. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm not sure, <laughs> not sure about how, next week though. <laughs> I'm not sure how much. I'm just going. We're just going on look and feel at the moment. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about the actual what we think of the film in a minute. Yeah. But there were a couple of things in general I liked in, in the design. In that, I'm not sure how much I like this outfit. But at least with him looking at spandex, like cycling outfits and stuff online, you could just about stretch your thinking to this is homemade. Mm, like we did which there. does not work. 
to yeah stretch um they this does this that didn't work in the toby Maguire films um and the interpersonal relationships are just stronger i believe these two really like each other i believe like i said last week toby was in love at mary jane not the not, yeah, not the way her. around but i think um, when um andrew garfield and emma saying were they dating or they were an mm, item at the time i don't know i don't know if they met to this, on the set of this or what i don't but of, clearly they had a chemistry by the time mm. of the second one they definitely were i kind of think they, they might have been an item which mm. could have helped i'm sure it didn't do it any harm did it no um i like the the, uh, the uncle ben link uh, the way that I don't like the way his death is played because that doesn't make any sense. But the the actual link, the way he's fitting in with his aunt and uncle, I like more. Uh, it's less drawn yeah. from the comic books in a lot yeah. of ways. It's just a bit more real. It, it's, world. it's that yeah. So you said that you said that like a line like um, when he comes home from school after having a, a fight and um, Uncle Ben gives the line sort of like I know a right hook when I see one. I thought that's a lot more like because the that's more like fatherly kind of. It's more more grounded, isn't it? Than, yeah, because yeah, yeah. the, the Randy one was very much like, oh, hey, hey, buddy, you know. Also, it's, it's a bit he, he too... was he, he was with he was with a couple of sort of grandparent archetypes, wasn't yeah. he? In, in yeah, yeah, he's kind of lumped in there just, a little bit. And they did an okay job with what they were given. I've got no complaints with them, but you felt no real relationships, and I think Chris pointed that out at the time. This so, one seems uh, definitely was, you know, uh, the relationship seemed a lot stronger this time round. I want to um, keep most of what I'm going to say about the film to the film itself. So just as some opening thoughts from me, there's just a couple of basic things I, I want to outline. Interpersonal relationships much stronger, casting stronger, um, Parker way too cool as a character and him trying to do his extreme moves on a skateboard and stuff. I didn't like any of that. Emma Stone, great, massive upgrade from um, Kirsten Dunst, who I don't dislike, by the way, but she is an upgrade. Um the whole propensity to world building which they've picked up from Marvel I suppose it only doesn't work because it, they stopped after two films and the second film looks and feels so different from this one that they don't feel of a piece anyway um, but this whole father stuff and that they, they, they could have done with dropping that we didn't need it and then the experimentation aspect which leads you to wonder is it only Parker that could have been affected rather than an everyman there's problems with this. I think my, my overall perspective on it, though, is I think the end result's just a little bit bland. I, I don't love the, the Raimi ones, but they, they, you know, they leapt out of the screen at you, whereas this is sort of, this is the worst of all worlds. It's kind of a low-key film on a high-key budget at the end of the day, and it, it it's just, it's just nothing special. Um, but the quality of the cast keeps me a bit more engaged than maybe I could have been. And I don't think I'm going to give it a massive kicking tonight, but I do have some issues as we go through it. We'll save that for next week. Well, certainly uh, I will anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Becca, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I went to see it upon, uh, upon release, got caught up in all the superhero hype. Um, bit of a fan of Andrew Garfield, I'm not going to lie. He's nice to look at. He's a um, handsome but... man. He's a very handsome man, but he also has talent. I, you know, I haven't I've yet to see a bad film from him, really. Um, I mean, two other really good films I'd like to point out is it Lions Van Am's a political, political film, um, which I think kind of is got... really boring. Actually, it's, it's quite dull. I think it's based on <laughs> but, play also based on a novel. But yeah, but it's fair. You did stand you know, out. I remember watching that. Lions, it is 
but it's really good. you know it's really well done um, yeah. and all the characters are, are really convincing yeah. um tom cruise is actually good in that film as well it's gone out my head oh my god social network possibly yeah or... social network definitely um and there's another one where they're all they're all clones and they have to provide their organs oh my god what's it called it's oh so good. yes yes i remember yeah um i can't that remember. film it's like be here now or something like that it's like one of the this is really embarrassing i've got to look it up okay but um there's also obviously hacksaw ridge yeah hacksaw ridge fun. definitely anything like that brilliant performance hacksaw ridge definitely kind of um where is it under Silver Lake, that was oh my god, I loved it so much. Um, Nine Homes as well. We're, really, we're, really fond, we're, we're fond of we're fond of a double standard here at uh, Duke Spectre. Yes, never let me go. That was what it was we're, called. We're not we're not covering J.K. Rowling, but we are covering Mel Gibson in a few weeks' time. <laughs> we'll just we'll just look the other way. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. You can't like... look the other way. You can't watch a film looking the other way. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's kind of it's one of those films. It's a really important piece of cinema, but you just. Have to slightly ignore the fact that it's Mel Gibson and just look at you know look at like the characters and the story that it's trying to tell. Just rather than it's difficult to say because I I don't agree. But then yeah, we'll be doing you know Lethal Weapon soon. It's uh, just like, yeah, oh. but Never Let Me Go is the film you're thinking of. That was the one. Yeah, sorry about that. It was so it was so great. I couldn't remember the title. He's good. I was uh, really happy with the casting. I mean, but without continuing to dig on the last guy, half of it was you've replaced him. That's a start. But there was something about this guy that was sort of long, lean and gangly. And I always think the the more sort of unusual proportions you can get into the character, the sort of better. The design of the suit, they tried to make him look as if like his limbs were, were longer and yeah. there's generally more lie than other adjectives beginning with L. Make him look more athletic and also like with his movements as well. He obviously did the whole thing where he likes like, spiders and how they move and the rest of it and try to be a bit method and incorporate that into into his own movements, like when he when he's battling various enemies. But I think, yeah, he's kind of he's he's still, you know, quite muscular and quite strong and looks like, you know, he'd probably have you in a fight sort of thing. Um, he's still got oh, that physicality. He love you. Um, yeah, he still looks like he's got, you know, because a character like Spider-Man, for example, he doesn't have to be, like, he's not the Hulk or he's not Thor, you know, he's, he's obviously muscular, but he's kind of lean and, and quite agile it's with it biggest, as well. It's my biggest problem when I watch the 90s version of the cartoon, because, like, both Peter Parker and Spider-Man are fucking massive and really bulky, <laughs> and I don't like that. L- long and large. Cause like, cause, yeah, because he's, he's, he's basically just like a hunk, but with glasses. Yeah, definitely. I don't like him when they bulk the character out. But, Unless he's like a giant I mean, tarantula or something, where he's like, dunk, dunk, big chunk. I mean, maybe Andrew Garfield's slightly too tall, even. Maybe Tom Holland is actually the perfect sort of... Well, I think Tom Holland's just better than... Well, it was a revelation. But certainly when Andrew yeah, Garfield came along, I just thought this might look a bit more arachnidy in the suit. Yeah. And... Um, when they were sort of showing stuff from the sets, he seemed to be in the suit quite a lot. So they were trying to do stuff a bit more practically. And again, not to the same standard as Tom Holland, who's actually like a gymnast, but Andrew Garfield was actually quite athletic as well. Yeah, he's got more sort of Yeah. I was really disappointed with the villain, uh, the villains in this, but we can come to that, Chris. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. The villain just seems to be well, you know. That's the problem. We start with the, the lizard. It's kind of like the what what we've seen before. What Rami did all the time, which was like the sympathetic villain, or the you know the jackal and Hyde type of thing, like the good man, but you know, the inner demon that that comes out. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, it it 
It's we've like, seen it before, haven't we? Well, I mean, thing is, with, with the lizard, that's who he is. But you know, we've seen it with Doc Hawk, and Doc Hawk's not like that in the comics, I, I, I believe. And and you, but you, we've done that. We had it with Green Goblin as well. You know, it's you know these Sandman personal motivations will date. Yeah, sort of somebody who's he's gone yeah. from kind of wanted to help humanity that's kind of been twisted and yeah. <laughs> I mean it it. I mean, it's fine, and, and I suppose in a way you could sort of say, you know, have the lizards we've not seen them before, plus also it kind of gels with a mutation that goes along with with Peter's. Uh, yeah, you can kind of see them kind Peter of get a bit by, by spider, spider and then yeah. they, they split. So there, there it's, is... not, it's not a bad choice, but the the end effects aren't that good, and mm. yeah. No, I remember going to see like trailers for it in the cinema, and it's a little bit like um, the Wolverine movies, like when that sort of um, not the most recent one um started coming X-Men out then. origins you're on about yeah that's the one yeah sorry the, the yeah effects and we're going to see the trailer for it yeah. and it was like all right it looks exciting but the effects are a little bit like mm. and then only to find out that was actually the finished finished product and yeah i remember obviously I, you know i very much enjoyed like the look of this film and from the trailers it you know seemed quite appealing um but yeah something like for example the the um like the chase like through the tunnels um sewers at the end um, and, and the big sort of fight in, in the hallway. I was sort of thinking, uh, even though it's twenty, you know, twenty twelve, so fairly recent. Um, and obviously, you know, there's a lot of money thrown um, thrown at the effects as, as much, you know, as um, director Mark Webb wanted to kind of try and do as much um, as many like in camera effects um, and stunts as possible. Um, it's still some a little bit ropey, perhaps. Um, doesn't quite go up there. But anyway, that's by the by. But I agree with you, Chris. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, the, the visual effects aren't great for a lizard. It kind of looks like, you know, it kind of looks like a Power Ranger villain. Uh, yeah, or, or it doesn't look great for lizard, does it? <laughs> whenever I see not CG that doesn't look fully rendered, i.e., a bit blob like, my mind always goes to the cave troll in the Fellowship of the Ring. Oh. <laughs> and a little bit it's not as bad as it's not as bad as this but it does look a little bit to like a that. degree although it, although this was a really bad example the original rendering of the cg uh jabba in the special edition of uh, <laughs> oh, a new gosh. hope but that was really really bad but yeah it's sort of cave troll onwards now there's much more detail in this than that but it, it's you mean cave a... troll in the hobbit no i mean in fellowship of the room I can't remember. They're that. in the mind. They're in the minds of Mario, oh, okay, and they they're attacked by the cave troll. I, I, if I can find you a picture of it, I'll messenger you it. Okay, but don't worry. Move move on. Apart from that, I don't think the CG's that good. Is the main yeah. point. Um, but apart from that, uh, what what's yeah? I I remember the um the kind of like feeling of is it too soon? And in a way, it kind of did feel a bit too soon to do like an, an like a new origin of Spider Man. Though I, I must admit I'm a little bit conflicted because there's many parts of it that I kind of prefer in this one, uh, you know, uh, how I did it. Though I, I will say Andrew Garfield does look a bit odd as someone who is still at school. And I, I actually quite like his. I quite, I quite, I actually quite like his take. I like the idea of rather than being like, oh, the nerdy gets bullied all the time, like it was last time. Is is kind of like the like the invisible guy, you know. It's almost a little bit like the um, Mark McFly. Like he's not the coolest kid at school, but he actually is because he's his own individual. But because he's his own individual, doesn't fit in anywhere. So he's just kind of like 
well, it, it did, didn't, it didn't belong anywhere. The only problem it gave me was I think he was either 28 or very close to 28 when yeah. this film came out, and and, it, and he looks it; it's too old. I think I think um, of similar so age to Andrew Garfield. I remember I think like thinking, away with it. thinking, I yeah, think... you don't look like you. You shouldn't be casting like that if you're at school. Tom Holland gets away with it. Put yeah, Tom Holland. Andrew Garfield. He's you know I think he's probably he's like your age, Chris. I think he's always any year younger than me. I kind of think you know, and I think um, Emma Stone as well. I mean, she's four years younger, I think. Um, yeah, she's eighty-eight. So well, I think Emma um, was I, I kind of think they can get away with it. I think. Yeah. Well, Emma Stone looks great for eighty-eight. Jesus. Yeah, she's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. She, she literally never ages. She she's just going to be timeless forever. When this baby um, hits eighty-eight, you're going to see some serious shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know she's born eighty-eight, not is eighty-eight, obviously. Oh, I've got a fun I mean, it, it, it kind of makes me wish they kind of just took a risk and just went. You know what? He's not at high school. He's at college, and that's yeah. where he gets his powers. You know what I mean? And just like, just do it there, or rather than like do the high school thing. The one thing that I was a bit more conflicted on. Yes, I I do take the age thing, but when when they were going to reshow the origin, there was an awful lot of think pieces saying we don't need to see that again. You get very similar about the murder mm. of uh, Bruce Wayne's parents, but there was a part of me that thought, well, don't. It's 10 years on from the original. Childhood is relatively short. You could argue the next generation deserve their own version of it. You know, if we, we're going to get a Batman film next year that's 16 years on from the dark, uh, from Batman Begins. I'm not saying I want to see the crime alley murder again, because obviously we saw it in the Affleck films as well. Mm-hmm. But I tend to be a bit forgiving of that because as adults, a decade ain't that long. But, you know... We are talking about kids who weren't even freaking born when the last one came no. out. The, the thing with Batman is, though, it's hard. I, you know, I, I think it's hard not to go back to it because it's such a crucial thing that triggers his whole reason for being what for doing what he does. Yeah, and it's hard to, you know, it's hard to kind of like, you know, obviously with film is a visual thing, so you, you're gonna have to have some show show it at some point, or you know, you know unless you just don't. Even even Adam West mentioned it in the first episode. <laughs> yeah, you know? um, yeah, you have to. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I yeah, I, I understand it to a great show. I don't, I don't know, but I didn't really have a problem that were well. I didn't have a problem in principle. They were going to redo mm. the origin, but it ended up feeling a little bit perfunctory, all on the promise of some big mystery that was going to open over uh, open up over a number of films they weren't guaranteed to get. I think I think that well, that's the problem. I think they had too many ideas. They were too too much sold on. It's because uh, I remember back in time it was like oh uh, Peter Peter uh, go see Peter Parker or Spider Man as you've never seen him before, and they just sort of first film came out and it was pretty much what we saw what he saw before, but he's something different. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, the second film maybe we'll talk more about this next week or or perhaps I don't know down the line, but the second one comes out two years after this and sets up like a universe and then it was terribly poorly received so they suddenly announced the third one was going to be four years afterwards and in the interim drew goddard was going to work on a sinister six film and i'm just thinking you haven't got a fucking clue what you're doing as a studio i'm not saying i could do any better but you thoroughly deserve. But you're not a movie producer, so you just yeah. But you just don't. You really, you just spinning your wheels in all these desperate different directions, and I think it's tempting to look at something like Into the Spider Verse and go, well, they know what they're doing now. And I'm just thinking, well, if you throw enough at the fucking wall, something will stick. 
Um, but yeah, so we start off with this kind of mystery with this one, and it, it ends up wasting things. And there is a lot of problems with this from scene to scene, but mm. it, it, the two leads get us a very long way. They buy quite a lot of goodwill with me. Uh, yeah, the, uh, there is part. I mean, because one one of the good good things I took away of it because I, I this here's kind of where, where I am with the film. I, I I really do like I really do like it. I think I'd probably prefer the Garfield films, second film included, uh, for for all its flaws and for all this film's flaws as well. Uh, I had a more enjoyable first viewing of it. Cause yeah, I, just didn't have, I didn't have two leads that were irritating the fuck out of me. <laughs> but um. I, I, I much I, I, I much enjoyed like uh, these films in general, though I I I do acknowledge there are flaws, and mm. and uh, and I will highlight them as well. Uh, one of the, but but the things that go hand in hand though is like uh, well I do like the more emphasis on the idea because you know Peter Parker's parents. Well, we don't really hear much about. Them. It's always our main Uncle Ben, and I I, I kind of like the idea of like exploring just a bit of of. A young child will lose his parents. You know, I do like the idea of exploring that somewhat in this, in, this, in, in relation to Peter Parker. However, they do o- overcook it by me- trying to make it part of the plot, and it's and it's, it's like not. it's something to do with like how he came to you know all, all this. It's like we don't need this. No, it, and, just... and and actually, it's closest to Ang Lee's Hulk. In the in Ang Lee's Hulk, young Bruce's um, Bruce Banner is being like experimented on Mm. he's kind of a bit of an abused kid and it turns out that there's something in the experiments and now his bloodline if you like Mm -hmm. and there's a sort of degree of that in this as well it's but it's really yeah it's at once undercooked and overcooked if you're going to tell the story properly it's undercooked but if it's just to show us a you know as a tease for anything else it's it's too much so yeah I, i won't it wasn't great, and it was a waste of like reasonably name actors as well. Mm. But um, they're not the only they're not the only actors in this film to be wasted. I mean, all joking about Sally Field aside, her entire arc in this film is to stand stay, in the stay kitchen at home and, look, and worry about pizza. Stand in the kitchen and look concerned. <laughs> um, it is mostly Martin Sheen, isn't it? When it, um... yeah, Martin Sheen gets all the the work, um, including that brilliant line about. With great power comes great responsibility, but that said, in about five times as many words, um, the actual death scene's not great either. But we'll we'll come to that. <laughs> um, are we have we all sort of introduced our thoughts to, um, to a degree? Then? Yeah, I th- I'll just say I'll just echo what you said. Like I think the um, I think the chemistry between the two I d- I d- uh, is great. Uh, I think um, Risa fans actually does a good job. Uh, the, the... Yeah, I think he's pretty good. I just thought he's a bit of a left field choice, but yeah, I've quite enjoyed him yeah. in this. Uh, what what else is there to say? I mean, a lot of it I'll talk about like as we go, really. But um, oh, the only thing I do want to highlight is I actually really, really, really love the uh, James Horner score. Um, yeah, it's a lovely score, it's isn't it? it? It's fantastic. Okay, Aldemir, I think the score's awful. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but I won't get into a big debate over it. It's, it's really rich. I don't, it's okay. the ones you I, I don't feel there, that there's... strongly about it. I think it's made by like superhero scores are us. I think it's mm. one of the weakest James Horner scores I've ever heard. I really like it, but anyway. Fair enough. Let's yeah. that. Then. 
Well, you, you, you no, I mean, you guys can still talk about it if you want to sort of tell us about like how much you like it and stuff. But I'm just going to say I'm not going to bother demurring because I'm just going to say, okay, I didn't like it. There's a particular piece of music that I particularly do like that's in the that's in the film. It's it's, it's like uh, the one that's it's it's the one that sort of echoes with uh, Peter and Gwen. Uh, okay. Sort of this, yeah. It almost has like two themes, and that 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 was always memorable for me. I always like have a quite. I think it's quite a good, solid piece of music. But anyway. Okay, shall we discuss this film sequentially, folks? Okay, so uh, we have the... Campbell, Campbell, Scott from, Campbell Scott from Dying Young. Oh, we have yeah. the first, yeah. The main thing I see is, Thomas Howell randomly. We'll come to that later, Actually, yeah. See star. Thomas Howell, who was... Um, oh, he was in... He was in the... He's he was best, in loads of things. Best known for The Hitcher, probably. But he mm. was... Um, he, he was... Uh, close to a lot of roles in that like he was talked about for marty mcfly and things like that but um yeah it's just a really from, random uh, thing to have. From henry cavill he's probably like the second most unluckiest man in hollywood but yeah he can close that to doesn't apply so many now roles, with henry but... cavill does it really oh no but <laughs> it's the fact that he, he missed out on various roles like ethan hunt or bond for example um but yeah that's just how <laughs> yeah, but he'd, but he'd have been disastrous for Bond at 22 years ago. Yeah, it's 22, yeah, definitely. But now, many years on, we shall see. Um, and if he got Superman, because he was in the mix for the Brian Singer thing, he would have been one and done without any question. Whereas yeah, that's it, it would have been out. out. He, he can't have read for Ethan Hunt, he'd have been about 12. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that can't be right. Um, yeah, so uh, Campbell Scott is hide and seek with his son. I looked this child actor up because I thought he was familiar, but no. Not... He looks quite good. Like he looks like he, like he might grow up to actually become Andrew Garfield. The, the likeness is quite good. I think sometimes you can kind of get a little bit like this child actor doesn't look like who he's meant to be, but I thought in this case he did. Um, yeah, it's passable. Similar similar colouring yeah. and everything. It's it's all right. But yeah, hide and seek. And I, what's happened? There's been a break in. Yeah, well, it looks like there's been a break in. There's a window open and. And um, so they're like, they're like shit. Let let's give our son to a couple of pensioners and leg it. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, they're they're about to get aboard a flight that uh, that never. Well, I don't think it's revealed in in this. Uh, but I think you'll find out. But uh, in the second film, but uh, yeah, they. Uh... Yeah, but I'd forgotten by then they even got on a flight. So in the second mm. one, where they're randomly with far too modern computer stuff mm. on a plane I wouldn't have put the two together I thought, thought it was another random snippet of bullshit but there you go he's dropped off with a much younger looking Martin Sheen and Sally Field mm-hmm. um, they they, uh, they won't have used software they'd have used makeups and lenses and stuff but they do actually look about a decade younger and then they disappear and yeah. then yeah he's at Midtown Science High School which yeah. is yeah uh, yeah, he's rocking around with a skateboard. Um, it's just that like, he's basically like he's but it's a bit more of a loner rather than one of the geek. Well, he is is intelligent. He does know his like. I'm, his I'm looking at a plot synopsis which calls him calls him an alienated social outcast, and I I I'm not sure the film is quite that. No, I don't know. I, I kind of I kind of feel like because like with um, loner with and outcast, for example, his whole thing is about kind of like being an outsider or being alone, and you kind of they're, they're trying to create this kind of relationship between him and Peter that they're obviously both they're both different they're both I, I think it's I, I would say very tenuous, I, very tenuous. I, I think it's an early sign the film's actually got no vision 
in the mm, it doesn't really know what it, it i don't know what it wants to present because it, it sort of wants to present him as someone who might be bullied because we've got to show him having a bully and being a bit of an outcast and able to go to kurt connor's but at the same time they're definitely going for like hunkier handsomer and cooler than the previous iterations yeah but let's face it the one was a bit of a wet blanket though wasn't it to be fair you can't go much less cool but um <laughs> But they they have gone like they've gone for like you know good looking good on a skateboard kind of cool a little bit aspirational so he's not an outcast you might just sell loner but the film tries to have its cake and eat it uh, yeah I mean I will say probably is done a bit too much but that but I think after watching the last few films it was just nice to have a Pete Parker it wasn't a complete wet blanket because yeah, he, 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 he counts as Flash Thompson and he actually he's, Flash Thompson is like bullying some other younger kid and he's trying to do the right thing by sticking up yeah, for him yeah, just like, put him down yeah that's it and yeah. before he knows what's happened he's been like knocked down yeah and then Gwen basically sort of steps in uh, and sort of calms him down the Flash Thompson, that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like she gives him a hand job or something. It's, yeah, it, it's analogous to that thing in nature. I'll just shag him to calm him down. Um, yeah, but she's obviously some kind of uh, tutor to him as well. Yeah, so yeah, it was something along those lines. And there's a there's a bit of scene where like she's like sat across uh, Peter, and not sat yeah. across Peter. Yeah. Like across from Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Very different. That's, that's the sexy hey, version. Hey, Peter. <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's the 18 X-rated version. Did I just feel webbing? No, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, So, yeah, she says that was brave, really stupid, but brave. Mm. Um, then he goes home, and he's now bruised. Yeah, and he's helping, like, you know, they're like, trying to like, fix the basement. It's like some sort of... There's been a leak. Yeah. Um... Oh, like it's it just feels a lot more grounded this time around because as I said, it like just, sort of... it feels like he's walked into a a living house, yeah, and, rather yeah. than onto a comic book panel. I, yeah, I, I can't explain it any better than that. Did this? Yeah, this Uncle Ben kind of is a bit more like with it. He's he's looks more someone who's been around the block a bit. So like you know, as I said before, I know I know a right hand when I see him. Yeah, the, the the other Aunt May and Uncle Ben could have been like frozen in the fifties and defrosted just to look after that Peter Parker. You know, there's no sense of rebate, relatability to our mm. times. They 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 want yeah they want like this is um... just a, this is just an older couple that could quite comfortably exist now. Mm. Yeah, there's a leak and what do they they find a uh, uh, like a briefcase? Yes, that's got. Uh, pictures of his dad father it was mm. his dad and it and it shows his father with dr kurt connors at a company named oscorp obviously the rest of us all know that re- relates to norman mm. and harry osborne but that's mm-hmm. not going to go any further in this film no it's interesting how that we, this is the this is the starting point isn't it so it has a dumb retcon next week though because they're like well, it, and it doesn't even get a mention here no, it's uh, yeah, oh yeah, do you remember that your mate that you used to always hang around with, yeah. Well, Oscorp. Oh that is that that's Harry Harry Hold my on a best minute. mate in the world who wasn't at school today was <laughs> Very odd. Whatever. As if they forgot, it's really weird. Um Anything else from this point the the him her on his computers later, isn't it? Um I, I Yeah, so he's um yeah, so he's like he, so he's look, yeah, he looks through the works. Um, 
And then, like, yeah, he's... I think Uncle Ben comes and sees him and sort of, like, feels guilty for, like, never really talking about his dad. Because they were a bit... They were a bit, uh, they were a bit coy with the uh, with the briefcase. Yeah, and I think he's like, actually, you know what? Him. Yeah. I think you deserve to at least know, like, what, what's going on. Uh, that's Kurt Connors, you know, while he works at Oscorp. Um... And he's desperate to regrow regrow his right hand because he's right-handed. <laughs> and, um... and he's get, he's getting very frustrated. <laughs> it's just not the same, is it? Uh... It's just not the same. Not quite the same, as you say. I think there's a word for it, isn't there? He aspires, he aspires to being a wanker. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So he goes to Oscorp. He kind of like you know he he kind of cons his way, pretends to be someone else. And uh, Gwen's there working as an intern. Hilarious consequences because that kid gets like dragged off site. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and what's Gwen's role here? Because she's a school kid. Well, she's an intern. She's an intern, right? Okay. Do they do that with school kids in that way? All right. I, I mean, I, 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 don't, I, I know. don't know. We'll go with it. But uh, would she be in this universe? They do be, like hosting fucking presentations and stuff. All right, not to worry. She's she's competent. I mean, like, I mean, she's not like a key, word, but she's like around people, and she she's there, like, sort of being like a tour guide. She's the lovely Debbie McGee. Yes, she is. <laughs> uh, that, that might be the most cool and hip reference I've ever come up with. <laughs> That's magic. <laughs> so yeah, so she she recognizes him and kind of pulls him aside, and says, uh, "What are you doing? Are you following me?" And he kind of awkwardly. Says no, but uh, that's after he just... he's been into the room because just after she has a go at him, he gets bitten. I think he's gone into the lab first, hasn't he? No, there's there's a bit of a conversation with her. Where she's like, just just try not to get me fired. All right, uh, and then the yeah, he kind of like follows some like the, the, so you have like a bit of like a brief you know we meet Kurt Connors. He gets who yeah. is just utterly wasted in this film. Again, it's I think it's trying to set something up we never go back to. Yeah. So he says things that scientists like in films kind of like, that kind of thing, like, I want to create a world without weakness and I'm, I'm I, you know, and, and to my natural thing, that doesn't sound like a good thing to try and do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very yeah, it, it's that kind of very good play play with God kind of thing, and it's all like, well, so we like, well, it's you know, I go instantly go to Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park, you know, thinking yeah. of like. Uh... The other thing is right. It, it's all yeah, you know you could, but whether you stop to think about if you, could, you know, if you, if yeah. you should. And life finds a way as well, like that kind life, of. Yeah, finds a but way. But it's nonsense it? because at least with like, or at least with Jurassic Park, right? He was he meant well, and you could see he meant well. Yeah. But like with this film, the whole all right, they're a company, so they want to make money. But the whole point is, it's meant to be. Creating a world without weakness is a purpose. And in your head, that would be an altruistic purpose. So why is Irfan Khan walking around doing evil smell the fart action? <laughs> yeah, I, I, because just, I just feel a little bit like, what is he, you know? The real, they do mention it here. They do mention the fact that, you know, uh, Norman Osborn's dying. And that's why they're pushing for this to kind of basically cure his... Well, we find out in the next film he's been dying for about forty fucking years. <laughs> what? Suddenly hurrying so before is not a great idea, is it? Well, 
But then next week is is an Orsi and Kurtzman script. To be fair, yeah, he's he's on the deathbed in the first scene anyway. So yeah, he follows um, Irfan Khan into that room, doesn't he? And basically, mm. it's it's some really weird neon lit. Uh, it's kind of like a spider nightclub. Yes, <laughs> and suddenly does does make you wonder like how like it's you know, like a life size centrifuge come spider. Nightclub. You, you think that um, like somewhere like that would have like a more be more secure for people just to wander in? <laughs> well, even if even if you've tailgated in, wouldn't they be in some kind of containers in the room? You wouldn't just walk in on the basis that they could just drop straight on you. Well, the whole I think the whole idea is the room is meant to be like the whole container in itself, isn't it? All right, but. Um, well, Whatever. But yeah, he but gets, but he gets us. He gets covered in spiders, and one's still on him without him knowing. Yeah, when he leaves. Yeah, um, and she's like, "You've got to get out of here." And so, just as she disappears, he gets bitten. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Ooh, ouch!" <laughs> Ooh, ow! Um, ouch! And then he sort of goes to head off, and he's on the subway mm-hmm. asleep. Yeah, and someone um, puts a bottle on his head, and it—it's not a good film, but it's probably the best demonstration of heightened senses I've seen since uh, uh, Ben Affleck's Daredevil film, which is not a particularly good film. But where he wakes up in hospital, and this this deafening fucking noise, and it turns out to be the drip in his room—you can hear mm-hmm. everything. Um, it's it's like that. You can it, kind it, of see things through like ripples. ripples. Yeah. yeah, it kind of feels everything, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, there, there are elements of that film. There's a lot wrong with that film, but it's not all bad. It's become like a punchline, and actually, there were elements about that Daredevil film that did work at the time. The, the director's cut is actually better as well. If you most, if you and the director's just... cut is way better because the, the big improvement. Cut, the theatrical cut takes a whole fucking plot out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway. Um, the water, your condensation drips down the bottle. It's like a bottle of beer, and it just startles him awake, and he leaps straight onto the sort of ceiling of the yeah. subway car. He's like, "What? How am I upstairs?" And then he sexually assaults a woman and kicks the shit out <laughs> yeah, of her. Yeah, he's got. Ball. Yeah, yeah. It, I had to skip past that scene. I just cringed my way through it. I was like, "Oh." It, 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 it's it's kind of that Donovan's accidentally beating the shit out of everyone. Yeah, it's, it's like, "Oh, I'm it's sorry." Totally oh. It's totally an accident. It's there's nothing in this scene that's offensive, but. I don't know if it's meant to be funny, thrilling, or what. And it's like they've just seen a guy hang from the ceiling, and they've got a good look at him as well. And he's—you he, can see he's like—it reminded me of where you had that scene in Into Darkness where you just have her go in, turn around, and he's literally written in so you can see her in a bra. That's it. And I just think, like, of all the things you can get stuck on, it has to be him ripping off a woman's top. In universe, that doesn't make him a sex pest or anything. But out of universe, in that someone's written that in, I don't think it's like like why have you written that in? It's think, like I, tasteless and not that funny. I think it's to sort of like get the get uh, everyone else riled up to to confront him and then have a fight. You know, it's it's a quick it, sort it did, of like it didn't bother me hugely, but I just think it's very slightly over the top that he's hung straight from the ceiling, and it's like mm. it's like you can't really explain that away. He's clearly stuck to a top. He's clearly stuck to the. It doesn't. So, yeah, they they could have they could have easily just like come across some muggers on a, on a on the train, really, couldn't he? 
You could have just written that. Like, those, the, the, the... I don't have a problem with the setting or that it's on the way home. And actually, when he gets home and he's, he looks a bit... I tell you what, I keep mentioning other films here tonight, but his slightly distracted, sweaty air when he gets home is a bit like Jeff Goldblum in The, the Fly. Mm. He catches a fly as well. He does catch a fly as well, he does, which indeed, is the yeah. only thing that makes you think of it. But that slight alien otherworldliness to him, but an element. Yeah, there, there are kind of references to other movies like that, like, like Godzilla, for example, as well, like this otherworldly presence. Yeah. Um, um, I did think that there's a scene where he's typing it off topic. There's a scene where he's yeah. like typing at his computer and like his, everything's really sticky. And like the, the keys that she stick to his fingers. I thought that was quite funny. Computer late at night and things get a bit sticky. There's yeah, the scene in the bathroom is as an early demonstration of the strength of the character. We never really got that with Toby. We got really? it. We get it with. Um, we get it with. Well, I suppose we do because he caught a car, didn't he? We get it. We get it with um, the newest iteration. I quite like that. Again, I. I think they were a bit confused on their tone, but where he literally can't turn like a tap without it ripping it and that sort of thing. He's still kind of getting used to his powers, isn't he? Pretty much, it's like it's just kind of the early X Men movies where they all come into come into terms with it as you know, sort of these new abilities that they have. It's not a bad idea, is it? No, no it's, it's something you don't very often see, do you? In in comic book movies, I don't know if that's something like from the comics or just they really thought, oh, what what if you're a normal person who do have these? Well, the initial Spider-Man comic was about fourteen pages. It didn't have a lot of detail in it. The very no. first was Amazing Spider-Man. What was it in Amazing Tales or whatever it was? Yeah, amazing. Mm. Okay, um, so then he goes to see Doctor Connors the next day. Yeah. And, as you do uh, just go around his house just pop oh, around this do. guy's house and uh, immediately give him the missing bit of his um, research yeah it, um, you know, of course it means something too because he just wrote on a bit of paper and he's like oh wow that's amazing this, this, ran, this random set of equations just blows my mind and like, and to us it's like I, I don't know any of this <laughs> don't understand yeah, uh, yeah I was watching the Simpsons episode the other day where like Homer had this big equation on a board but right in the middle was like dynamite, and he it's had like to like, and it, it's like that. And it's a bit like Richard Pryor designing a computer by just drawing the outline of it on that. Drawing a computer. Like, no, um, I let's try to be positive here. The 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 thing I would say, Risa fans plays slightly shifty without playing evil. He's not very comfortable here, is he? Talking to no. Peter about all of no, this. No, it is it is very shifty. And it is he wants to grow his arm back, really. So he it's all about regeneration, His mm. um, the, the research they're doing. Uh, although they do a really weird range of different things because they also do, like, webbing. But there you go. Um, yeah, this, this seems very strange, doesn't it? Oh, well. Anyway. Uh, so next, next, so the next we have um, Peter and Flash. Um, and now, th- this... Uh, version of Flash is is a lot more of aggressive dickhead. Really, he's just... a lot more he's a lot more direct. Yeah, um, I quite like this version for what we see of him, which isn't a lot. Obviously, yeah. Flash Thompson's completely reimagined in Marvel, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, it, it's just it's just him showing off his new skills, basically. Yeah. Uh, because things can stick, so he just basically grabs a basketball and he's like, take it from me, and he can't, and then eventually he does a big slam dunk, and dunk breaking the backboard. 
and Uncle Ben is forced to come in to sort of deal with it with with the school principal. And all he says is, you're going to pick up Aunt May because I've obviously had to switch shifts. So I don't think mm. we ever know what his job is, but it's shift yeah, work. Yeah, I was anyway. trying to think, what does he do? But It's quite funny in the next one because she comes becomes a nurse, but that plot goes nowhere. It's like, well... I kind of feel like, you, you know, you've got somebody you. like, like Sally Field. She's really underserved in this film. Like As you say, you know, her role is to literally sit in the kitchen and look worried and cry that's and under, upset. That's... That's I just can't, I mean, she's you know she does play that's like really sort of emotional work. She, she does stand. Well, well no, but she she stands. Well done, Sam. Not not literally get in the kitchen, you know, but it's just like she she, is that, that is her role in this film, and it's just like you've got Sally Field. She's got a whole range. She's she you know she can do serious, she can do drama, she can do comedy. She can do I, was, I, was, I was just waiting for Robert Williams to turn up in drag. Yeah, like <laughs> Scottish really. The three kids in tow. And uh, come here from Pierce Brosnan, um, <laughs> drive by fitting. Um, yeah, while getting hit on, so, yeah, hit on when by Pierce Brosnan. It's about reunion, but it's just like you've got Sally Field. Come on, do more with her, you know. Pierce, just have Pierce Brosnan walk in, see see her worrying, narrow his eyes, purse his lips. <laughs> she turns around, doesn't like the impertinence, <laughs> so she slaps him, and then a total pain face and out. Done. <laughs> that's that's a perfect scene. We've seen we've seen his full range then. Um, oh. uh, then what? Um, yeah, so Erfan um, Khan is telling. Yeah, uh, he says, um, "We've got to go to human trials because Osborne is dying." Yeah. Uh, what? What? Yeah. So, oh yeah. Well, so Uncle Ben kind of embarrassed him by by saying, "Oh, saying to Gwen." Oh wait, look, yeah. He's, he's got, got you on your computer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so he asks her out. She yeah. says yes, and he's quickly, which is sweet. Yeah. And uh, he goes skateboarding while listening to Coldplay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he, he, he seems swinging on chains. Cool things you can do at the same time. Yeah, he's like swinging on chains, and which kind of yeah. like hints or may, maybe inspire like doing webbing later on. It strikes um, me that, like skateboarding while like listening to Coldplay is a bit like rapping on songs of praise. <laughs> Simultaneously, something cool and something really uncool at the same time. <laughs> I do like that Coldplay song, to be fair, but yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. All right. So he forgets completely because he's too busy doing his extreme moves and going, woo. Yeah. And then he turns home late and Uncle Ben's pissed. Pissed off. We're British. Yeah, yes. Not- Sorry. Yes. He's not drunk. Um, <laughs> yes. He's, yeah, so he sat outside saying, you forgot, didn't you? You forgot to, yeah. you know. If only he had a pithy line about responsibilities. <laughs> if only. Yeah. So what happens, right, is it, it is like your dad, and he says, right, what you got to do is, if, if you've got, like, the ability to do stuff, um, you, you can do it, but, like, you're kind of responsible to do it as well, and, and that's, like, important now. Pithy. <laughs> Lovely work. They really do go out of their way to avoid yeah. trying to say it's like, Yeah, it's, yeah. Like it says responsibility. That's... <laughs> that's what's at stake here. Yes. Um... But you know, again, I like I like the idea of like of Uncle Ben actually trying to be like a father figure and actually do like the right thing. Like, no, and Marty Sheen can sell any dialogue in the world. You, you know, he can. Yeah, no, you promised me you pick, you know, you 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 pick your aunt, and she had to like, you know, take two buses <laughs> in a. Yeah, I mean, as soapy as it is, it's like you've got to try and get some kind of conflict in here for what's about to happen, and this feels fairly real. Mm. He, he and he doesn't kick the shit out of him. 
but he has to show him that wasn't acceptable. Yeah. He commit yeah, a yeah, he has to put his foot down. Crime. Yeah, it, it's not a capital crime. It's just you let your aunt down and you can't be doing that. And the whole situation... what if something happened to her? You know, what, you know, what, you know. Yeah. And so he disappears off out and smashes, slams the door so much the sort of pane of glass in it smashes. No one seems concerned about the amount of damage he seems to be doing to everything. Goes to a store for a drink. Now, Ben obviously goes looking for him, leaves a voicemail message we'll hear later. Goes looking for him and he's been in a store um, and he doesn't have enough money for a drink. So he tries to sort of nick a couple of pennies, doesn't he? Out of like an honesty box type thing. Mm. And he's not allowed to do it. Now, the big problem I've got here is I don't understand why Ben got involved with this because the, if the guy had been held up with a gun, I'd have understood. But he actually just nicked some out of the till, the cash register, without the other guy looking. He created a distraction, grabbed a load of notes and ran out. And all he was trying to do was get away from the scene. But because he tripped, he was armed and the gun fell out. He didn't even... I don't know why Ben goes for this gun. I don't think it's very well staged as a scene. That's all. Um, I, I, Maybe I'm misremembering. I, I remember, like, sort of... Um, ben tries to stop him because he is the, the owner, say, stop him, he's a thief. I mean, Uncle Ben tries to do that, but then he gets shot. Uncle, Uncle, the guy falls over and the gun falls out and then he spots it and goes for that gun. And it's just mm. like... I, you've kind of brought this on yourself. It's just enough. But anyway, okay, doesn't matter. Have a go heroes in an environment where people are armed is not a great idea. It's a bit dangerous. Um, okay, so Ben is shot here. Um, down immediately. And obviously, as you normally get with this, Peter over him sort of crying and mm. all that. Yeah, th- there's no, um, there's no like, remember Peter. No, none of that, but then they didn't do Power, that. responsibility. <laughs> yeah, there's no kind of that sort of great yeah. big message there, is there, really? Uh, he's, 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 sorry, pretty, yeah, he's just pretty much like dead right now. Yeah, no, they, really get, they, get, they kind of get on with it. Um, it's and a they get a... isn't it? It's, it's still very, very poignant, but again, it's very, you know, oh. very punctuary. He, he dies, oh, and that's it. It's poignant because it's Martin Sheen and a pretty good lead actor as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not that well written, but it's okay. Um, after that, they meet with, um, they get a sketch of the uh, guy, don't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, just basically uh, sort of like a guy with long hair and sunglasses. And... Yeah, he just looked like, uh, it, generic, imagine, imagine a youngish homeless guy and you're probably not far off. You know, um, So he goes sort or of... Or like a roughed around. up surfer dude. Yeah. Oh, that's true, yeah. With a beanie. <laughs> yeah. So he goes looking for these you know, any anybody that's that description, doesn't he? Yeah. And after the first guy who says, I know what you look like, he puts a mask on. But this is after he falls through a roof into like a wrestling ring. And all I could think was, I'm glad he didn't throw, fall through the roof into like a sex shop. No. Because he could have just <laughs> been off. wearing a gimp mask for the rest of the time. Mm, PVC. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> get so just stinking from it but yeah um so he starts wearing a mask for a while which kind of evokes his eventual spider-man look mm-hmm. then what eventually uh, we have like you know flash tries to talk to peter at school yeah 
and Peter just like slams him across the door. But I can but I kind of like the, the idea of like this guy who was a absolute fucking aggressive bellend. Yeah. Like, there's, there's something about like him losing his uncle because I, I, you know, I, the film doesn't say it. I don't think, but no. I always go get the get the feeling that something similar's happened to Flash himself. It seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like a. It kind of makes you think. Oh, yeah. There's, it, it, make, it adds. It adds to Gwen as well because mm. Gwen is trying to help Flash. It's not something the film flags up too high, but she saw him. She saw him go to Peter. Mm-hmm. You could even infer she might have said something to him, but back go and say hello don't feel don't feel nervous or anything um so it, it adds to her bond with peter it adds to her being a good person because she's trying to help someone who we learn he is not that bad um and then the next thing he is um adding a spandex suit basically you see him on the internet looking up looking at sort of cycling outfits and that sort of thing yeah spandex. um they don't focus on it too long i mean he doesn't become the world-class designer and comic book artist no. that like toby's version come becomes you do get like and a bit of a least... montage and um he's a uh, we, we see him actually design like his shooter as well uh yeah although the webbing is not him is it the webbing is capsules from oscorp so they yeah. split the difference here obviously with toby it's uh, you know organic mm-hmm. with um with Tom, the suit is like given to him, but the web, the webbing is something he continues to work on and iterate. Here, they've split the difference. The the, the housing for it is him, and the webbing is Oscorp. Mm. Um, but I I I really I really like the uh, the idea that he well, it's it's that shot where he get finally gets to work and he's there like, oh, like it worked. Yeah, that that kind of thing. Anyway, it, um, it's like when uh, Tom Hanks' character manages to start a fire finally in mm. Castaway. <laughs> yeah, uh, miraculous moment. Yeah, and then then we have the the point of view shot, which um, was kind of that was the teaser. Yeah, which kind of makes you think. I'm not going to do all the action like this, are they? Because <laughs> that 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 would be that would be off putting. If they did. Again, I, I, as much as I could sit here and praise the director for trying something different, it just has that whiff of the studio going, can we just throw in a few shots that look different? And some of them work, particularly the lighting that comes up on the web shooters and stuff like mm-hmm. that. The other shot I mentioned was first time we see him as Spider-Man, he, he, you get a very wide shot of him on a building, on a roof. And it really shows the sort of sense of scale. He's just an insignificant speck. And and I liked that. I liked that that was different. He's he's in a big frightening city. Do you know what I mean? Um, I don't know how much of this was actually shot in New York because it doesn't feel that New York to me. But um, then what? Connors um, isn't wanting to start human trials, and he's sort of forced to. So he takes it himself, doesn't he? Yeah. Because the guy is saying there's always veterans hospitals, and I'm thinking that's a bit on the nose as dialogue. You know, mm, you're that, 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 that that's a bit mustache twirling. It is really. So he injects himself, passes out, and when he wakes up, um, he's got an, a massive. I had a weird dream. I, I ate a ate a sheep and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's a half a sheep. Going. <laughs> yeah, he wakes up having uh, eaten a sheep. No, he wakes up and his his arm is back. 
Yeah, then he starts having like pain, doesn't he? Yeah. And he runs out into a cab and demands to sort of chase the guy that's just he's just seen on the bridge. And he's starting to mutate. The taxi driver's like, all right, then. I'd, I think I'd have got out of that cab. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this, this is happening while um, Gwen is having dinner with um, her dad. Where Peter and Gwen are having dinner. You know, Peter's invited around. And because yeah. um, Spider-Man's now been doing a bit, we've had the scene with the carjacker. And he's like, oh, knives. My one weakness. He's getting a bit cocky with it. Uh, isn't the dinner <laughs> scene after after he meets the lizard for the first time on the no, bridge? No, no, this is like this is this is what happens afterwards because it's like uh, when he meets the lizard. Um... Oh, he gets a spot. He gets a little splash of spider sense, which isn't overplayed in this series. It's mm. what it what it's represented like. It's almost like a little. It's almost like an an added or missing frame. It's it's not unlike, although it isn't visually, but in terms of its effect, it's like when you get those little frames of. Benjamin in the graduate and you get those little frames of Mrs. Robinson like naked and it's just for a split second it's like that or it's like you think you've heard or seen something but you're not sure and it's just enough to tell him something's going on he's basically pissed off Captain Stacy hasn't he by defending Spider-Man who Captain Stacy is now on the hunt for understandably because he's the law and Spider-Man is a vigilante that's what any police force would do at this stage yeah if you're not in a world where superheroes are an accepted thing, and he brings up the point like the guy, the, the guy who he took that like the carjack guy was actually like an or they were following it, following him. He was working for us. And yeah. you've just blown a certain amount of work because you're a vigilante. You don't know what's going on. Not you, because he yeah. doesn't know Peter is Spider-Man. And then he gets very apologetic and goes out. You know, I didn't mean to offend you. Goes out for air yeah. with like Gwen. And immediately shoots all over, uh, shoots a webbing at her. <laughs> yeah. Basically, he shows her he's Spider Man. Yeah. And then, they, and then they kiss. And then, then he says, "Oh, something's going on." Oops! Some, oops! That's exactly <laughs> what he says. Chris he goes, "Oops!" <laughs> and um, yeah. Lucky so... I got me. Ke- lucky I got me outfit. Hang on a minute. Hold on. Yeah, he goes down to the uh, bridge and swings straight in and sort of attacks the the now completely uh, turned Kurt Connors, who's now basically the lizard. And he's yes, well, uh, he's going after he's going after uh, Von Kahn, basically. Yeah, but, who is immediately forgot about after the scene. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that is just it's poor, isn't it? That is poor. You know, you can like the film, but it there just, was there is a deleted scene where he does get killed, like in the sewers uh, later on. Right, um, but if it's in the, if it's not in the film, it doesn't count. Is, I know, is it, I know, really? I know. I I I agree. I agree. It's uh, it's irritating, and, and and it's it's especially annoying because I think even next week, uh, we see obviously see more of Oscorp. It's like, well, why is he like, why is he involved in this then? If if you didn't kill him off uh, in the last film, why didn't you bring him back? Like he could he could easily have to be like the the head that uh, Harry clashes with. Do you know what I mean? He could even. Could easily be that guy, but anyway, yeah, it's, it just absolutely. feels it just feels like well, it just feels like well, next week is almost a soft reboot anyway. But mm. you try and carry on some hanging threads for this week. I mean, his outfit's completely changed, the color palette is completely changed, the supporting cast there's changes with, um, the style of the film is is largely different. I mean, there's a bit of quipping from Spider Man here, but there's a lot more next week mm. and. 
it's just, it's different writers with with their own strengths and weaknesses. I'm not an Aussie and Kurtzman fan, but I have to say, on first viewing at least, I got a bit more entertainment out of next week, even though it's an irredeemably weaker film in a lot of ways. Um, but we'll come to that. But um, yeah, he said the main thing is he saves a kid here, doesn't he? From a yeah, car, he, sa- sa- it, he gets distracted by saving like a bunch of cars and yeah, is the main... C. Thomas Howe's kid, mm. which will come back at the end of the film. And then you know it's his, it's his you know um, he's being shown properly to the world now. Mm. Then is it straight down to the sewers now? Yeah. So uh, yeah. So Peter. Uh... Uh, the other thing while Chris is looking that up the other thing that when they met earlier he said that there is this distribution method they can go from the roof of Oscor and the example he gives is you could cure polio in hours so it's a way to distribute vaccines and that sort of thing well frankly the human as much as I'm very pro vaccine uh, I don't think the world would accept that uh, you know, that we're just going to vaccinate people through distributing it into the air like that. But that's, that, that's the, the plot point that's setting up is the thing that's making him into the lizard is something he keeps needing to experiment with because he keeps turning back to Kurt Connors. Mm. Um, which makes you wonder if what does get distributed later in the film is temporary. But, it, well, it must be because eventually he always turns back to Kurt Connors, even at the end of the film. So the actual risk of what the plot is doing here is completely nullified by that. But anyway, that's yeah. what this film's going to be coming about. He wants to turn everyone into lizards. Cause he, knows I, yeah, because he's gone kind of crazy, hasn't he, Kirk? Like, since they can assume he's almost like come, almost like drunk on it. He's he's not quite himself. Yeah. Uh, but the, but the logical flaw is that. Yeah, because I thought that plot hole had been closed when I watched it this time, because he turns back and he then he, he realizes he's got to take it again, and he's got that lazy plot device that films use, like Avatar, where he talks into a camera to tell us, you know, to do the um, exposition, but he does like double the dose or something. So you mm. think, well, maybe he is permanently the lizard now, right? But at the end of the film, he's back in human form. So the worst that's going to happen if his plot succeeds is you're going to get a night of quite a bit of property damage. And that's about it. Which undermines the film massively. Plus, it's another sort of beam from the sky, you know, up into the sky story. Well, yeah, kind of. Uh... It's not particularly inspired. But yeah, he 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 um exp- he, he goes after the lizard in like the sewers. Yeah, so he tries time. to he, he tries to because Van Van's now wanted. He tries to tell because uh, he sees Kurt. He goes to see Captain Yeah, so he sees Kurt previously, and he's like something suspicious, and he sees the rat as kind of like a mutated. Because they've thing. been experimenting on rats, and the rats mm-hmm. that have regrown limbs have become into like become like reptiles themselves. Yeah. So, uh, another rat. so he so he tries to tell. Um, Terrifying. So he tries to Does tell. Just tries to tell um, uh, Captain Stacy. Stacy's a bit. Yeah, sure, right. But then checks anyway. But what I don't understand is why doesn't that once Peter go? Uh, just 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 go to his lab. There's a fucking you know a mutated rat. Surely that's like. Suspicious evidence in you, itself. You check that out, unless you're scared of the idea of a mutated rat. What uh, what damage could that do to you? Yeah, but um, it's it's yeah. There's that. So that's a bit 
that's kind of a lazy plotting, you know, where, where the protagonist isn't believed by the authorities. I think that's kind of been done to death. It, it's especially stupid when you, when you see, well, there's clear evidence you would clearly think, just just, just go and check it out. I've just seen it. <laughs> send, send a squad car. I'm not I've, even I've just seen him. I found it. Just don't believe yeah. me. Just go and see for yourself. In an era of camera phones, he should have taken a fucking photo of yeah. it. But again, the film couldn't get through around that plot hole. So they don't, no. they don't press it. But the first thing you do is take a couple of photos, run straight to the police, not go in and say, I promise I saw. Yeah. Um, he, he didn't run in horror when he saw that little rodent. I mean, he, I, he, he didn't sell me he thought he was in any immediate danger and had to get out of there really fast. Um, so there's that. And the other thing is the lizard finding out his identity that is really lazily done him putting a camera there with property of peter parker on the back mm. and it's like schoolboy error it's a schoolboy error but then i suppose he's a schoolboy isn't he <laughs> I, well, yeah I, I, do, I do like i do like the idea of him um doing like a spider thing like setting out webs and, and looking looking for vibration things like that that's kind of cool. I like I like the shot of him just sort of like I do like casually that, yeah. casually and waiting, just like playing on his phone, playing games on his phone, yeah. and it's like, well, that's what this Spider Man would do. And he he goes out with a bag. They went with that with Tom Holland as well. Mm-hmm. That like he went through quite a lot of bags because he would like web it to the wall in an alley and hope it would still be there when he came back. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not trial and error, isn't it? Really. It, there's some good things in this film, aren't there? For everything we're saying, it's not all bad at all. No, are they just like yeah. overarching kind of plot wise? You know, it's quite good, but you know, there are some nice character moments as well. But I think the the Tom Holland kind of one, um, even sorry, I keep getting mixed up with the other guy. Um, it's just yeah. kind of that you know they they more sort of come into its own, um, and it's just generally better. <laughs> I think as well that Chris hit on it at the start. The dark color palette doesn't suit this film. Hence they, no, they, hence they ridiculously overcorrect next week and go kind of go the opposite ultimate Spider Man with the massive eyes and stuff. But um, Spider Man. Yeah, it is like the earliest iteration of Ultimate Spider Man where the character had like a slightly oversized head and massive, massive eyes. Massive eyes, eyes so it can see all but things. Broadly I mean, spiders do have big eyes anyway. But still, that's a bit silly. Yeah, yeah. so um, I like what they're trying to do here, but it doesn't fit, and they're responding to The Dark Knight, which is about to become passé. The Dark Knight will always be a lauded film, but in terms of, like, what was what what was popular, what where superhero films were going, it, it had missed its slot, there's no doubt. And, again, the plot doesn't make a lot of sense. There's a bit where he's, like, swinging along early on in the film and he's swimming swinging along like uh an overground chain on the underside of it and i, I got i think he overground, said underside wumbling free i think i think he said something like i'm swinging here as well which is lazy as a line but it was just like the whole yeah she's like hey i'm swinging here and it's like oh. yeah, but it is like why are you swinging through the set of the french connection or something it's just like <laughs> yeah I, I really got french connection vibes you know with yeah. the l train and everything else definitely so they they have the fight in the tunnel. We, we go to the school, don't we? We come out in the school. Well, yeah. So he, he finds out. He, he first goes to Gwen after getting his ass kicked, and he sort of like tends to his wounds and this chat about um, her concern because she when she was young she was concerned about her dad not coming back, and now there's like a similar sort of thing there. Uh, and then yeah, so Blizzard basically sort of attacks him at um, at school. Um, 
Now, I will say, I mean, you know, this is where the Stanley caviar is. I will say one of the good things about what this film does uh, is compared to the other films is uh, Gwen Stacy actually gets involved. Like, she's not just, like, hanging around waiting to be saved. You know, she, you know, she's a bit more, uh, she has a bit more use, should we say? Because, because, before, you know, because... You know this. This sequence might seem like nothing, but she does actually try to save Peter by hitting the lizard with with the trophy. And while that's like, all right, well, you know, that's that's not really not much. It's better than what we had so far. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And at the end of the film, she is actively sort of like getting the the, the antidote for him. So the, the the film does find stuff for us. For her yeah, yeah, do. it's not too bad, but it goes a bit perfunctory. I'm not that interested, but then I just I don't know how int- how well I think they've done the lizard. Of all the Spider-Man characters, I know the basic story, but it it's a little bit tragic. Like it's a bit like Man Bat, you know, in in mm. Batman or something. But a bit of ropey CG and a bit of suddenly becoming ridiculously evil, and his plot being that overused visual of something on a roof sort of thing. We'd seen it in the Avengers a couple of months before, but the Avengers was good enough to get away with it. And um, it was one of the first ones as well, wasn't and, it? And, he, and his plot didn't make sense. Yeah, and it would go on and on and on. And his plot didn't make sense because, as I say, this is not a permanent process. So, what's going to happen? People will turn into lizards, smash the place up a bit, and then turn back. It's not the end of the world. It's just a bit of property damage. Potential deaths, though, I suppose it's not ideal but like i say it's not i don't know i don't know what else i want to say about this to be honest with you i mean he's there's the fight at the school which has the stanley cameo when they're smashing up the library and he's oblivious to it because he's got music on and it's all fine but um i think that's really like that that says a lot like the 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 highlight of you know it was meant to be like a truly epic battle scene is a stanley cameo which is on screen for like five seconds so I think that tells you a lot, like the highlight of this. Obviously, Stanley is a legend, and obviously he's the creator. Um, but I think, yeah, what is meant to be like this epic battle um, highlight is Stanley. <laughs> so I think that's, that speaks volumes. Uh, where do we go from the school attack then? Uh, this is where I I do lose what the order of things is. Does he go? I don't know. From he goes home at that point, or that's before he sees Gwen. I can't really remember. Um, we are getting towards the end of the film now because obviously. Right. Obviously, Captain Stacy is sort of after the lizard and yeah. Spider-Man. So, yeah, yeah, he's act. Yeah, they are actually sort of like rushing towards the end. So, uh, I think Peter asks Gwen to go and retrieve an answer from the lab uh, because they know what um, he knows what like the lizard's up to. So, but the but but because Spider-Man is wanted, he's being chased by the police, and I think there's a he gets wounded, and is eventually caught, and then. Stacy finds out that it's Peter. Sorry, oh, Captain Stacy yeah. does. Yeah, they they sort of capture him, um, and he's immediately sort of handcuffed, and then the hood's pulled off. Um, but he, I, he really only Captain Stacy sees it because of the way he sort of. Well, yeah, he kind of he pulls it off, and then he kind of sort of takes everyone out apart from um, Stacy, who manages to to see him. And then he, from then he kind of convinces him that you know, look, I I need to do this blah blah blah, blah you know, 
And Stacy just lets uh, let lets him go. Um, but he's wounded, so he's like a bit. He isn't as flexible. He has to get like across the city. Uh, uh, yeah, this is where the, the you get the reprise from him saving the kid. Mm. He, tr- he tries to run. He, he kind of webs up the wound to start with to try to protect it. Tries to take a big sort of run and jump to start the swing process off, and actually just falls. Mm. Um, but then, like a, a crane has kind of caught him. And C. Thomas Howell's character has basically got the guys to all line the cranes up, mm. so he's got like a path. And the score is probably at its best at this point, as it's kind of there's a degree of triumphantness of you know, and the sort of help and you know him doing the right thing. But again, I, I don't know that I've got an awful lot to say about this because he's just trying to get to the tower to stop. Um, the lizard and Captain mm. Stacy's going there as well to try to stop him. And as I say, because the plot's not that interesting, I don't find much of this action wildly interesting. Yeah, because Gwen's basically there um, getting the antidote, and then once he realises that lizard's he- heading there to do the. Yeah, he he ta- he takes the antidote off his daughter. Says, you know, get out of here now. Mm. You've done your bit. I'll take it from here. Yeah. Yes. Um. So, so this is like yes, obviously the the things are crane. That's like the big. That's like the big. Like sitting's getting behind Spider Man. It's like sort of like you met you mess with one of us, you mess with all, you know that kind of. <laughs> it is, although it's not as cheap. I mean, it, you could look at it as as cheesy as that, but I, it, it, the effect is better. Hmm. Um, the Raimi one looks like a last minute sort of pandering reshoot, which it was, and and it doesn't look like that here. I didn't dislike this. I, I just. I'm at the point where I think, if I'm honest, at this point in the film, if I can remember accurately, because it's eight years ago, but mm. my thoughts would have been along the lines of, this has been reasonably promising. I think they've gone too dark on the colour palette. I think the the Avengers will stop them going that dark next time, and Marvel. But they've got a good lead. If they can get him out of school before he ages too much more, that's great. They've got great chemistry. Sally Field's got more talent than you've exploited here. You may have something interesting to do with this plot uh, going forward. I don't know. But this is promising. But having said that, we're now at a point in a plot that isn't that interesting where I'm thinking, right, you've done an okay job here now. Just wrap this up and let's go home. Yeah. That, that's how I felt at this point. I don't know about you. What about you, Becca? Yeah, it's pretty much the same, really. I mean, I did. there's lots to like about this film, but I did kind of feel like... Well, similar to, to last week, really, it's, it's quite busy. There's a lot going in. Obviously, it's it's two hours, 15, 20 minutes. So, you know, two, two and a bit hours. They pack quite a lot in. Um, and it just seemed to have, it's one of those films that, for me, felt like I've got um, the ends that has, you know, many different endings. Um, they could have ended it at various points towards the end of the film, um, if that makes sense. Um, but I kind of just feel it did kind of drag on just a little bit. Um, but as I say, still that you know, there's, there's lots of like some great, great character moments. But it did kind of the ending does kind of drag on a little bit for me. Yeah, that's all I really want to say about it. Mm. it it's it's all right, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, St- uh, Captain Stacy go goes in, helps Peter, um, and is eventually sort of killed while Peter gets the antidote in the in the. Uh, in the container that that, sh- that shoots everything up. Um, have a brief fight with a lizard, and 
yeah, so it shoots up in the air, curing everyone. And that's it, isn't it? That you know, that's you know, uh, Stace, Captain Stacy. Well, uh, Lizard actually saves Peter. Yep. Uh, yeah, the, that's, the arm, a bit of a the arm that he the, saves um, with is disintegrating while he does it. Um, mm. Yeah, um, and Captain Stacy says that you, the price you, as he's dying, the price you pay for this is to stay away from Gwen, basically, which he promises a dying man mm. and sticks to for a very long time. <laughs> And then we get a little bit of mopey conversation with him in May about, well, we see the funeral, which he's not at, I don't think. Mm. No, um, he deliberately stays away. Yeah, and then he stays away and she's like, go and talk to her, go and ask her out and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, I can't. And then he, when it, then she has a bit of a go at him about it, uh, when, you know, my father had died and all that. And then he said, I can't see you anymore. And then the final scene, he turns up at school late and she said, you know, not one for following the rules and, you know, or one for breaking yeah. the rules. And he says something like that's the best kind. And she smiles, basically saying that, you know, a couple of weeks afterwards, he's just going to go against what he practiced with Cap- Captain Stacy. Which is, is confusing, isn't it? Just a little bit. Yeah, it's what what are you trying to tell us there? And again, I think it's just a film that lacks a little bit of vision. It, it's not there's not a lot wrong with it, but mm. there's a few problems in the plot. But there's a little bit of what do you want Peter Parker to be? I I didn't like the Tobey Maguire version, but like I could see what Sam Raimi was going for, and I can see why if you're going for that, you cast Tobey Maguire um, here. And I and with Tom Holland, it's bloody obvious what they're going for here. It's like, is he cool? Is he a nerd? Is he a loner? Is he popular? Is Do the women like him? Do the women not like him? Because another woman's quite flirty with him at the start of the film. Um, is he altruistic? Is he in it for himself? We don't really know. It, will he honour a promise to a dying man? Will he not? Now, obviously, we get a sequel, but again, that's written by somebody else. So it's a bit, it's a bit messy, and I think it, it smacks a little bit of studio overthinking things it smacks a little bit of we need to keep the license but if you're going to make a film that's just trying to keep a license then at least you've put a great deal of care into who you got to write write it you at least got people with some pedigree you got some continuity from the previous era there's problems with the script but like who you hired isn't a problem and it is next time but and you, you've really gone out of your way to cast people good and cast people with chemistry. Mm. So it could have been so much worse. But it, but even more than the Tobey Maguire film, it's a real relic of its time. This is this is a superhero film that could really only have been made between sort of 2008 and about 2013. They just weren't made like this after that. Mm. No, I That's think with that... Marvel sort of coming in and... Yeah. not coming in but like you know being able to at this point in time where they've got you know they've got the technology they've got everything at their disposal disposal to kind of make the films that they want to make um yeah this is literally a film for that time they sort of came in and and changed everything um yeah we certainly haven't seen a film like this before or since and that serves as my final thought really i i don't I, i don't think this is a bad film i don't think it's a particularly good film either I'm relieved for the change of like crew and cast, but at the same time, it doesn't quite have the sort of clearness of clarity of vision and memorable visuals the first iteration had. 
and next week it's going to backslide it slightly it's going to try and course correct and not get it right um bless him for trying i like andrew garfield he's been shortchanged by what he got um because he could have been a lot of people's definitive spider-man but he got two films that wildly diverged from each other and the first one arrived you know three or four years he's before the timothy dalton of spider-man it, well he, oh. Tim, Tim, timothy dalton's films have dated extremely well though yeah Tim. whereas his films are, are this film arrived four years after it would have looked relevant and you gotta do, you, you gotta do something different but i don't think they've got the right man at the helm i don't think they've quite got this right but two great leads and a nice cast i think it's always a mistake to i think that, that what film producers usually do is the, the the big mistake is to try and emulate other films so it's like oh let's try and do dark knight you should never do dark knight not in Spider-Man, certainly. Well, yeah, but but only one film can be the Dark Knight, and that's Dark Knight. You know, it, you know, the best you can probably hope for is a good like interpretation, like a, a good um, copy. Uh, but you don't really want that. You want to be your own thing. Um, but there you go. Becca, what do you make of it? What final thoughts? Yeah, final thoughts, really. Um, there is a good film in there somewhere um, that has its problems along the way. Um there's some really good character moments. I do, I do quite like Andrew Garfield in the role. He kind of brings like a vulnerability and humanity to it um, that perhaps Tim McGuire didn't. Um, a lot better chemistry between him and Emma Stone. I don't know if that's helped because of the fact they may have been an item to begin with. Um, but I do find them more believable and I kind of think that they are, if they're meant to be sort of 17, 18, even though they were kind of like in their early to mid-20s, I think they, they can get away with it. They've you know, both got youthful good looks and they can pull it off. Um Risa Farn's quite interesting as a villain. Um, it's interesting how also, well, Andrew Garfield also born in the States, but lived in Surrey, I want to say. Um, so he's kind of got that transatlantic kind of um, dual nationality to him. Um, so you've got two British, you know, uh, English and American and Welsh characters playing others or playing people who are perceived to be outcast or different in society. Although I kind of feel that the storyline really lets that lets that aspect of it down because they're obviously trying to be drawn together the fact that they are two outsiders. But I don't feel there's enough done, enough work done that to kind of really, really promote it, um, and it's kind of let down sadly. Um, but now I think he's quite good as a villain, um, let down a little bit by some cheesy CGI. Uh, but overall, yeah, it's quite good. As you said, mentioned Chris, he's got a kind of like Jekyll and Hyde thing down. Um, but you know, he's, he's a great actor. He's always whether he's comedic or serious, um, he always gives good value. And yeah, happy to watch whatever he does really. Um, yeah, I, I kind of generally next week will probably be very different um and then once we get to to the more recent spider-man i think that's when the quality really starts to improve but yeah i'd probably say like three and a half out of five um it's yeah as dave said it's not you know without its problems um but there's lots to like about this one but yeah there's just you know there's quite a few you know things that are difficult to overlook really so yeah um i think not really much more i can really add other than um I kind of enjoy it. I can accept it for its uh, flaws, um, which are a few. Some of them are just like interlinked with one another. I tend to like it more because because of like the performances rather than like the story decisions. I mean, I, most of it is shot at night, which does add a different feel to it. Uh, that's the only sort of positive spin I'd put on the whole. It's a more darker edge, uh, but I, I I like Garfield's interpretation. I though at the same time he does look a bit too lanky in the suit. Well, it just looks a bit too lanky, period. I do wonder whether they should have maybe sort of made it 
more that he's a he's at college rather than high school and and thought things through a bit more, you know, in terms of like where where you're gonna go from now. Um which obviously Sony didn't <laughs> or they or they just second guess themselves all the time. Um but hey ho, what we have is what we have. But there are plenty of other things, there's lots of like I tend to like it more of the character stuff. I like I like I like most of the actors in it. But uh, there are always things to improve. Uh, but um, having said that, I I don't feel like I don't know anything about the film we just reviewed, Dave. What do you think? Uh, oh, fuck. Uh, uh, Quite extreme I, reaction. Uh, 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 there was, a, there was, a, there was a, an overland train line in it. <laughs> and, uh, Overground, underground. Uh, and, and nobody wanted to bang Sally Field. And and uh, it starred uh, Garfield and and um, uh, Mr. Sheen. Yeah, uh, Mr. Sheen has been known to shine umpteen things clean. That's really <laughs> old. Oh my god! Uh, so I I wouldn't say I don't know anything, Chris. I was going to say like lots of jobs you hate. That's Mr. Muscles. <laughs> So, Chris, uh, I've just heavily factored you, uh, proving you wrong that I didn't know stuff, so it's just you that's clueless. Well, obviously, so uh, I need some facts to help me out. Well, I, I've told you about furniture polish and uh, animated cats. I don't know what Wouldn't else that you suffice? Need. Becca, can you help? No, but I'm already wearing kittens. Won't that suffice? That always suffices, Becca. Well, I've done you a favour, because I did have some... The last fact, I did go into quite some detail about um, Renaissance poetry but <laughs> yeah. I'd spare you from it I, I, I like the idea that Becca's fun facts from now on will just be like random facts completely unrelated to what we just <laughs> <laughs> well, not completely unrelated I mean obviously in the film he quotes uh, Michelangelo's um, The Silkworm um, so I thought oh I'll have a look at that but it was kind of going into the realms of um well, obviously on this podcast yeah, we don't care about being controversial, but it was kind of going dangerously controversial, so I thought, right, I shan't do it. And um, Where'd you draw the line, though? Because there's sewers in this, but we don't want five facts about going for a shit, do we? No, this is it. I thought, should I do some lizard facts? I was like, well, I've, I've thrown in some lizard facts. so Let's go for it. Okay. But no, anyway, I've got some five really random facts, so you have to excuse us. So, fun fact. As you mentioned in the previous podcasts, um, in this film, he actually, Peter Parker, shoots webs from devices that he's made himself, um, rather than like organic webs worn from the superpowers that he gains. And obviously this harks back to the um, to the original comics and also highlights that Peter's actually special himself. Um, and fun fact number, well, not really fun fact number two, sad fact number two. Um, I think this is the last film produced by producer Laura Ziskin. Very sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, of breast cancer. Well, uh, fun fact number three. 50, yeah. Yeah, it's not very, not very fun fact. <laughs> um, but if you're a fan of Emma Stone, you're going to know this inside out. But apparently, when she was 15 years old, she convinced her parents to move to LA so she could pursue acting um, through, as you mentioned, doing a PowerPoint presentation called Project Hollywood. I think that's fantastic. I just think that's amazing, and it just shows that you know she's got she's obviously very driven and she's very very clever. Obviously, I think that's fantastic. Um, Fun fact number four, uh, Michael Proper John has a cameo in this film, um, which means he's the only actor besides Stan Lee to be in both the live-action Spider-Man origin story films, so like one and this one, the first one of the Tobey Maguire, and obviously this film, the new series. 
And fun fact number five is my lizard facts. So there are more than 6,000 different species of lizard, the largest being the Komodo dragon, which can reach up to 10 feet in length. And the smallest lizard being the dwarf gecko, which is just 0.6 inches. You'll see most are cold-blooded, so they rely on the environment to warm up their bodies. And some will unshed their skin, um, and they can also lose parts of their tails when they're attacked by predators. And that's my random lizard facts. It actually happens in this film. We didn't mention it. He, it he does, loses exactly. part of his tail he, and grows, tail off. Yeah, grows a bit. And then something, well, I think his arm, he does actually manage to regrow his arm in lizard form, but obviously not as a human form. So... Uh, yeah, well, he starts off really random lizard facts. Yeah, anyway, that's uh, that was four fifths fun, folks. Because uh, Laura's yeah. just giving me stuff. <laughs> well, at least I didn't go into you know, the uh, uh, analysis of the silkworm because that could get quite dodgy. So, we also see another villain as well on the cutscene, um, which isn't revealed. He's just like a mysterious man, uh, but it's meant to be Gustav Fears in the right. comics, mm-hmm. and he's right. played by um, Michael Massey. Who was uh, in the crow the last time we saw him? He was a uh, fun boy. He was. He was now sadly passed. But yeah, no, he's yes. Okay. yes. Yeah, I remember that. Um, we yeah, we we'll get more of those sorts of teases next um, week. But again, we don't really get the full story. So, well, part of that is they only did two films. But mm. the problem when I mean you got the same director next week, but you've got different writers, and and forget my prejudices because. We know what I think of those writers, but they put the, it's just different enough from this week that I think the writers have put their stamp on it as well. And that that's not going to help with some kind of uniform vision. You tease something in the first film, sort of go slightly different with it in the mm. second film, and then it abandons because you've you've done two such disjointed films. No one's interested. But there you go. Poor Andrew Garfield. As for social media, you can find me at the Pasty Kid 1976 on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at on Twitter. You can also find all the old episodes at soonshots.co.uk. And you can find us on Twitter at Expects Us to Talk. And you can find us across all the major platforms. Do you expect us to talk? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever you like to gather your uh, gather your favourite podcasts and whatever platform you find us on please don't forget to rate us review us to like us and share us thank you very much okay um, one more to go in well one more to go we've only had one but one more to go in the <laughs> duology there's well, quite get, a few more to go yeah, actually there's quite a few more films to go but um, that's well, like we're coming towards the end of the Andrew Garfield era so, sort of the last Spider-Man film sort of not anyway which means Becca do you expect to talk or return with The Amazing Spider-Man 2 <laughs>